Sego. I'm John Kane, and this is Resistance Radio. Hey, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, as many of you know, I've been a little bit uh, laid up. Uh, I uh, developed an infection after an insur- a surgery, which can really, literally be deadly. Um, I was at risk of everything from losing my leg to having you know, some levels of organ failure. So it was, it was pretty brutal, something that I'm not accustomed to. I'm not somebody who uh, gets sick very often. Um, so... I'm still in a recovery mode. I've still got like a, a pick line installed in my arm that goes to my heart, I guess. And, uh, and I have um, antibiotics injected into my system uh, three times a, a day. So I'm still recovering. So if, uh, look, I'm not asking for a pass, but I do, I do know that my level of concentration in everything uh, because of dealing with everything from the pain of, uh, of, of two surgeries and, uh, and some of the meds that I'm on to combat that pain, uh, probably have my attention span a little bit, a little bit off. So again, I am, I am making an excuse, uh, but I think it's a valid one. All right, look, I got to, I got to thank the listeners in New York who listen to WBAI and who, whether they tune in specifically for this show or they just listen in general and, you know, have have WBAI in the background and until something catches their attention, whatever the case may be, I am I am grateful that WBAI gives me and, and frankly has always going going a long ways back. And it's, you know, 64 year history or 63 year history has not only been you know, a, a stalwart in terms of social justice issues, but, but including in that has been providing space for Native voices. There, have been, uh, there has been a Native show on WBAI for a very long time, and I'm uh, you know, the, the most recent iteration of that. And, and I think my show is a little different. Uh, uh, you know, part of it is I am presenting historical facts that, uh, that are oftentimes little, little known, uh, I am also talking about contemporary issues that are tied to some of that history. Uh, and I also offer a Native perspective on the issues that affect us all, not just Native issues, not just anti or pro-Native legislation or whatever else, but uh, issues that affect us all. And I'm going to talk a little bit about some, uh, you know, one of those things uh, you know, today. Um, but I don't know how to express my gratitude for having an opportunity to be on the air in New York City. I do know I can tell you how important it is. I can tell you that doing this show in New York and, and in Washington, but in New York, much of the, the bastions of power of, in the state, they aren't up in Albany. They're in New York City. I mean, in New York City politics and New York City politicians and the powers that be, they are the ones who kind of control much of the, uh, the political agenda in, in New York. So if I'm talking about the, the governor of New York, who is from Western New York, where I'm broadcasting from, or if I'm you know, talking about the state legislature or, or any of that stuff, I know beating this drum in New York City is probably a better way for me to get to her. And, and frankly, it was the better way to get to, to Andrew Cuomo and, you know, Pataki and, uh, you know, Spitzer and, and all these guys in the past. <clears throat> New York City has been my ability. And, for, and, and to the extent that I carry a Native voice and Native issues, it's been the ability of Native people to bang on the doors of the powers that be. So this one hour that I get once a week is really, really important to me. And it's really important to, you know, to the people that I, that I speak on behalf of, not speak for, but on behalf of. Um, so I got to ask you, I got to ask you to, 
one, you need to support the station. I mean, this this station is critical. You know, we, we hear it all the time when people say, "Yeah, I, I see these problems, and I just don't know what can, what can I do to help." You know, the you know this issue, environmental issues, or political issues, or social issues. Or well, one of the things you can do is you can you can support one of the few stations that's not afraid to tackle the tough conversations that need to have need to be had on these issues. And and WBAI is it. <clears throat> I couldn't see. Me being on any other station in New York City other than WBAI, I, honestly, I, I think if I were, I would be you know probably tailored a lot more to you know to the demands of management and 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 the, those powers that be. Here, I get a pretty free reign. And look, while WBAI has its struggles, the biggest struggle it has is is funding itself. So I've got to ask you. I've got to ask you if you're if you're listening. In New York City, or if you're listening on Facebook Live or listening to the show as a podcast, I really hope that you'll support this station. And if you do it in the name of this program, then it also locks in. Look, there's a certain expectation that each program is going to somehow uh, produce a certain revenue for the station. And while I probably had my moments where this show and and and, and previous shows that that I was a part of. Um, have done okay in the fundraising department. I don't know that we're there anymore. So I really need to implore, I really need to ask you to step up and support WBAI and in doing so support the station. And I know it's tough because oftentimes when you, when you make that, write that check or you, you sign up for that program, whether you're a buddy or, or, or whatever, you're asked to to list your favorite program. Now I, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a station with with a lot of a lot of programs. So am I anybody's favorite station? I don't know. A favorite program? I don't know. Um, but you can also list all programs. If you call in during this program, I get somewhat credited with the uh, you know with the donation. But um, again, none of it comes to me. It all goes to the operation. It all goes to uh, to you know, to WBAI for its, you know, for the paid employees, which I am not one of, um, for uh, all the costs that associated with, with running the show, including, you know, rents and tower rentals and, you know, broadcast fees, all, all kinds of things like that. Um, so we need your help. I know we always ask. I know I always ask. But, you know, I, I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about why my voice in New York City is really important to me and to the people that, that you know that I that I live with, I, I live on the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. If you if you were not familiar, I do my show from my own small studio in uh, the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. So I'm really plugged in. I'm really plugged into a, into to what the impacts of state and federal policies are, if not laws, policies anyway. Um, on uh, on the people that that are my friends and my neighbors. So I'm not speaking because I learned something in a book. I would like to think that I have learned plenty in a book, but uh, that's not where I'm. Um, that's not where my conversation comes from. My conversation comes from what I see out there and what I experience here. So we really do need you to support. So I'm asking you to go to the pledge line. I think I've been talking for about five, 10 minutes here, and I haven't even given the pledge line number yet. So let me give the pledge line number. It's 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. Excuse me. If you want to go online, you can go to give2wbai.org and follow the prompts to give a, a, to make a, make a donation. Um, Look, and it could be anything. It could be a, a you know a one-time donation, and 
you know, whatever you have that you can spare. It can be a time donation if you know that you've got, you know, resources coming in. Um, you know, if you've had some sort of windfall, then and you want to make a contribution. Look, there's even a push for you know for those who you know are um, want to bequeath something to the, to the station, and you know, and whether it's associated with this program or not. I just I just think the station's important. And it's under a lot of pressure financially. In fact, the whole Pacifica network is. And so I also find it hard to believe that we are broadcasting in New York City in this huge metropolitan market. And the listenership that we have um, can be so difficult to, um, I don't know, to, uh, to generate enough revenue to support us. So... Um, I'm not putting it, I'm not blaming listeners. I'm not blaming New York City or the, you know, or, or, or the population there. But I am asking. I'm asking that you support, um, support this, this radio station, which is almost entirely listener-supported radio. Yeah, there's a, a few things that come in, in in different ways. But we are not, um, you know, we, we are not supported by, by federal or state grants. Uh, we, we really do rely on you, the listener. And... Look, I know on all, um, I got to assume that many of the shows are sometimes telling you something that, that might be uncomfortable. I know that this show probably is. I'm probably tell, telling some uncomfortable truths to the listeners. Now, it, it's not about trying to make you uncomfortable, but it's trying to make you aware of the, the relationship that we have as Native people to not only the, uh, the history of the United States, but where that history lands us. I mean, you can't. It's you know it's fine to talk about about slavery, but you can't talk about slavery and not talk about Jim Crow. Well, we are still living in our version of the Jim Crow era because there is still a lot of pressures to assimilate Native people. There are still a lot of pressures to uh, regard us as something less than um, the sovereign nations that we assert ourselves to be, and that causes conflict. Most of the general public can acknowledge and and can understand us being a. In fact, the, the, the terms are oftentimes used like a nation within a nation. Well, you know, our structures are different. We do have, we do have governments. We do have uh, you know, politics. We do have uh, systems in place that allow us to, to make decisions for, you know, on behalf of our people, our lands, and that kind of stuff. So there's no question that, that, we, um, that, that we are autonomous in the way that we, we live our lives. But we've we've been inundated with with state pressures and and state laws and federal laws that are oftentimes unlawful at at its, at its core, and if there's nobody there to explain it to you, I mean, I remember seeing some some of the most prominent politicians, including Ronald Reagan and and even some of the the news correspondents, just you know doing these international shows where they say, oh yeah, we take good care of our Indians, I mean, that literally saying stuff like that and. And yet we have the highest poverty rate. We have the highest suicide rate. We have the highest uh, substance abuse rate. We have, every list that you don't want to top, we top. And there's reasons for it. And, and both those reasons are, are, are because of, of state and federal policies. So that's what I'm trying to bring to you. That's what I'm trying to make you aware of. So in doing so, I'm hoping to make you a little bit more sensitive to why we raise issues about missing and murdered indigenous women and why we talk about it, you know, in, in places like New York City, even though we could argue that most of the, these uh, missing women are happening in, you know, in, in other areas. Well, it's still a national policy and oftentimes state policy. So 
you know, why we talk about the mascot issue. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today because of the role that I played in getting a statewide ban in, uh, in New York State. But, I, but I've got to tell you, we really need your support. And, and, and I, I, it's hard to say now more than ever, but, it, but it's always now more than ever, you know, because there's never a time that we come to you asking for your support that we aren't really in, in, in need of that support. So that's, that's kind of where we're at. And so, again, I'm asking you to go to the pledge line, 212-209-2950, or go online to give to WBAI.org. Reggie, is there anything that you'd like to add on, on, on the idea of pitching for this show and for the station? Well, uh, I've said this to you um, in private as well as on air before, John, is that I think what the perspective that you bring to the table uh, and share on these airwaves is so invaluable. And what I've said in, 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 in my particular perspective, you know, it's I see, you know, again, 95, no, 99.99999% of identical situations that happens to uh, the, the, compar the, the comparison between, you know, uh, 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 African-Americans and, and Latin, I mean, and um, uh, Native folk, it, it's, it's, it's parallel and the struggles are so parallel and it's good to have these discussions to see that it's it shouldn't be either or, it's to understand each other's struggles, to understand that we have more in common in struggle than we do against. And as we have said um, to each of us before in the past, it, 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 you know, this is not... The, the, the discussing and, and 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 vocalizing struggles is not about who's going to win the uh, the oppression Olympics. It's it's all about understanding that hey, let us not let us learn from each other and let uh, and let not the status quo pit against one of us, one of, against one another. I guess that made sense. Well, and, and part that, of it, you know, to, to your point, I mean, look, <laughs> yeah. when, we're, when we're tackling, like, mascot issues, especially on right. a professional level, I know that sometimes it's really tough for people who are not Native, and, 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 and I'm mostly talking about white people, but there's plenty of black folks that are, that are, oh, that are, yeah, that are fine. Is. Oh, Washington Redskins? Yeah, that's great. Cleveland Indians, that great? They, they, but they never see themselves being portrayed that way. So... You know, part of the reason that we, we raise this issue is because, look, we're a small number. We, we represent a really small population. I think we're less than one-tenth of one percent of the U.S. population. So when Barack Obama says, if I had a, a team and that team had a name that offended a significant number of people, uh, I'd think about changing it. Well, we're not a significant number of people. <laughs> we really are, especially in a given area. If you add us all up and, you know, uh, across the country, yeah, you can go up with some numbers that sound impressive until you compare them to anybody else. So we need allies. And for us, the natural ally should be because that black experience, when we talk about blackness, <laughs> which isn't about black people, blackness is about being treated a certain way. Look, in the United States, we are the first black people <laughs> because we are the first ones that abused before the slave trade hit right. the shores of the United States. But they right. were already learning how to commit genocide, and abuse people and enslave people. I mean, our people were enslaved before, you know, hell, the first slave ship that crossed the Atlantic was bringing slaves from the Caribbean back to Spain. Columbus the opposite was way. Yeah, the other way. And yeah, the other way. So, I mean, th this is where our, our uh, cooperation and, and our, uh, our solidarity should be there. And... And I want to say this. It has been. 
and, you know, and I've mentioned this to you many times, Reggie, we've seen in the wake of the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We saw Columbus statues coming down right alongside Confederate statues. We also saw the Washington football team change its name. Now, it wasn't because we were making the noise. It's because the noise that we were making was finally being heard by enough people, including the financial interests that, Im- that impact things like the name of the stadium. They're, you know, the, the people who sell their merchandise, Target, Walmart, Amazon. Mm-hmm. But, but that's when the pressure finally mounted. But we had to make that noise. And until we had significant support especially through the black lives matter movement uh, you know it, w- it was tough it, you know and i heard people over over and over again say well we we expect more out of the black community uh, and 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 i uh, kind of shook that off a little bit because you know what we're all fighting our own we're all fighting struggles yeah some of them are the yeah. same struggles but some of them aren't i mean the uh, you know what the i mean even though we can look at things like death by cop and see that native people top the list in many of those age right. demographics um, but we're still a relatively n- small number. And it's a different situation because our death by cop situations are oftentimes in very, very rural and remote areas. Right. And the death by cop issues that black people face are these huge institutions like the New York City Police Department and, you know, uh, you know St. Louis Police Department and, and, and all of these, you know, these huge, literally, police forces that are the size of armies of some countries. And so it's a little bit, it's a, it's a, different um reality but it's a it's the same thing it's still this abuse of uh of people of color and so I, I, again you know i i can't say enough about how important it is to have the support not only of uh, of of white folks who finally come to understand what an abuse this has been because let's face it whether you're black or whether you're brown or whether you're native until white folks start to become the anti-racist, it's pretty tough for us to. We can't stop racism by ourselves, but but we can make right. some noise about it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like, but which is more the reason why we have to understand each other's struggles. So, at least in solidarity, we can make those changes happen and make those things that we always keep complaining about and can't understand why things haven't changed. Needs to change. Well, I and, don't and, know, <laughs> and that and that gets me back to why it's so important for me to have an opportunity to speak in New York City. Absolutely, every, every week. And you know, look, I used to do events, um, you know, once a month when I was traveling to New York every week, and and I'm hoping I'm going to get there, especially getting through some of this recovery that I'm going through, this physical recovery from my uh, knee surgery and and really da- risky and dangerous. I, I have to be honest, um, John, I'm kind of surprised that you are doing a show live today. You know, I, I just think that it's so important. And, and I know, you know, we're, we're having lots of do- discussions at WBI and at, uh, at WPFW um, about fundraising. And, uh, and I just feel like making a, a personal plea, especially doing it live with you, um, helps. And I don't know that somebody's going to say, wow, look at all the money John Kane raised today. I don't, I don't know that that's going to be the answer. But you know what? Maybe I get some people thinking that way. And, you know, and so, I mean, I, we're, we're going to develop a couple of other strategies to see what other kinds of support I can get for, for this show. But really, the bottom line is, the, those of you who are listening to me every week, you know what I'm doing. You know what I'm talking about. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's just so important. And, of course, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about how important it is for me to speak in, in New York City because of the direct access that I have to the black community and to 
the power to be. I don't want to dismiss. Look, when I talk about the halls of power in Washington, on w, speaking on WPFW or, or the, the bastions of power that New York City represents, look, all of that stuff is all contingent on what we let them do. And when I say we, I'm talking about, you know, look, the population of New York City. And, and I know the power that black people have wielded in, uh, in so many social issues. Look, and like you said, Reggie, we haven't gotten the answers we want yet. But we have raised these issues. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and as long as WBAI is on the air, we're going to have shows that address everything from LGTB issues to, um, uh, to women's issues. Uh, again, I, let me acknowledge uh, International Women's Month uh, um, uh, or National Women's Month uh, this, this month. I'm, right. I got to tell you, I was completely wiped out of uh, um, African American Month. Uh, uh, <laughs> African -American History. Yeah, I was. Uh, I lost February. I put a few uh, shows in the can because I knew I had the uh, the right. you know the surgery coming at late January, but then I got wiped out. So uh, um, look, so I do try to weigh in on what has become somewhat institutional recognition of uh, some of the the inequities that exist with women and black folks, and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and but in general the native position on things like like women is that we've we've always historically equity has been a big part of our culture something that that you know the european the male dominant cultures of europe the rape cultures of europe just just couldn't even rationalize so you know we were actually at a place that uh, that the united states hasn't even gotten to yet hasn't even begun to get to yet so so there we have that so um but but i you know i wanted to talk about that I know there are, uh, there are a few substantive issues that, that I need to talk about. I, you know, I heard in the, in the news break um, this hearing being held on the, 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 this derailment in East Palestine. Reggie, you know yourself, I've, d I've done this show, right? I've done the bomb train <laughs> show. I've done it many times. I've had guys like Bob Hanley join me. Yep, yep, um, yep, yep. This bomb train thing is not a new topic for me. No. And, and you know what? That's in my neck of the woods here. I mean, look, there's two things that happened with this derailment. You had this massive um, release of all kinds of toxic materials that we still haven't even gotten a full listing of that went into the ground. But it was also burning, so it went into the air. So we had the Ohio River Basin carrying all of mm -hmm. that and, and the whole watershed area carrying that water, and that, that contaminated water you know, all over and primarily making its way towards the Mississippi. <laughs> then we had this cloud that hung over like, like a scene from a movie. I mean, some of that stuff was creepy. I mean, it looked like an, an invasion of, you know, War of the Worlds kind of thing. And that, and that cloud, where do you think that cloud went? Well, it blew to the north and east. Mm. You know, so we saw the, the air carrying. In fact, I'm wearing my I Can't Breathe shirt today. For those who are seeing me on uh, Facebook Live, you, you, you can see that. Um, and, and that. And that's for two reasons. You know, one is... We are consistently watching the United States in its effort to keep its economy rolling along, destroy the natural resources, including things like air, water, and land. Um, and of course, we, we still, I mean, I'm, I'm, I just heard the report on, uh, that came out of uh, St. Louis on the, um, uh, on the police behavior towards, towards black people. Look, you can't talk about I can't breathe and not think of you know, Eric well, Gardner hey, and, uh, hey. and George Floyd and, and, and so many others. And um, so we have, 
Breathing is not um, a, a privilege <laughs> that is to be, you know, um, you know, regulated. The meets and bounds of your, your, your right to breathe are going to be regulated by police departments. No, nor should they be regulated by the petrochemical industry. So, look, I, 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 I had to mention, because here's the thing about the bomb trains. They aren't just something that impacts... Um, where necessarily a derailment takes place. Uh, and these trains run everywhere. I mean, <laughs> trust mm -hmm. me, Native people were the victims of all kinds of land theft to, to build the rail system, which is now an embarrassment. The condition of the rail system in the United States is a debacle compared to, the, to, you know, to, to yep. any other developed country. I mean, it's, yep. it is. And look, I used to ride that train every, every week to, to New York, right? right? Every week. I know, and you saying that it, it takes you like what eight hours? Eight hours to take a train to New York City. I mean, in, in that time, I could have skipped you know, through about a, a dozen countries in Europe, uh, but that's that's a whole other issue, I guess. Um, and it and it really also says something about um, not only and of course class uh, race does definitely has an issue here in this country, but it also says something about class because predominantly folks like in East Palestine, which is uh, predominantly white now have something in common with the folks over at Flint, Michigan and Jackson, Mississippi. And they find out that the infrastructure that they have is not all that great. And the help that they were supposed to get, they ain't getting it. No, it's, it's, it's slow and coming. And look, there's, there's three factors that, uh, that, that impact uh, or that should be considered when you're thinking about a train derailment. One is what are they carrying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And most of us, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna get real specific about this in a second here. Most of us have no idea what the, what what are in those rail cars, whether they're box cars or whether they're tanker cars. We have no idea, and um, and we ha also have nothing to say about what these uh, what these rail systems can carry. Then the then there's the rail conditions. I mean, I've seen some horrendous pictures that show just how bad the the rail system is. Especially Ohio is among the worst, apparently, from what I understand. But um, I mean. Our, the system in the United States is, can't even keep up with Canada. I mean, so it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty deplorable. Now, and I, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that one of the, the worst tragedies that have, that have occurred had to do with hauling U.S. Balkan crude east here, went crossed onto the Canadian side, and they had this huge derailment in uh, uh, Lac Megantec. Um, this is over a decade ago. And mm. half, the, half the village was destroyed, 40 Plus, people were, were killed, and it literally wiped out half the town. Um, and when you wipe out half the town, you could pretty be, much be sure that the rest of the town's gonna, you know, gonna perish as well. So that's that's so on the Canadian side, they're not doing that much better. And in that situation, that was a malfunction of a train that was, you know, uh, gets to my third my, my third issue, which is speed. In that situation, in lack of my contact, that 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 was almost a runaway train running too fast. But you know what? Here's the thing about speed. You know, rail systems are supposed to have speed limits too, but the the industry um, and and again the corporate powers and mongers that are out there saying no, speed is too important. We got to get that from point A to point B, and we've got to get there as soon as possible. Otherwise, it costs us money. Uh, the what the general sense was that only popu large population centers would justify a train slowing down. So if you didn't have an area, and I don't even know what the, what the area, I remember the number, 100,000 people population. If you don't have 100,000 people, 
um, in an area that the train is cutting through, then they're not going to slow down. I mean, if a train slows down to 30 miles an hour, when, especially if you know, <laughs> you know that, that the condition of some of the rail systems are in, in rough shape. But really, if the, if the train is running through any kind of community, I mean, I got to tell you, the CSX tracks, not the Norfolk Southern, but the, the CSX tracks run right through Seneca territory. It actually, mm. it actually runs right across the street on one of the main roads that goes through uh, the, uh, the, the, the village that I live in, Cataraugus. It crosses the street on a rail bridge and runs alongside the, the Seneca Nation's bingo hall. In the other direction from, the, from there, it actually causes a bit of a separation between the, the lake, uh, that's Lake Erie, and the, it, it cu kind of cuts off the lake from, uh, from the rest of Seneca Nation. So it's, it's um, you know, it, it runs along value, uh, you know, a valuable water system. It, it cuts through a native territory. And the Seneca Nation has no say whatsoever on what is carried on those tracks, the speed that they need to go through when they go through Seneca territory. So they can go 60 miles an hour on tracks that are not suited for that. So, you know, I got to keep bringing this up. I, I know that, you, you know, there's going to be a lot of news on this thing now, but I'll tell you, Reggie, how much was that, when that took place, how much of that was completely um, overridden by some of the BS that we see in the news cycle every single day? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Were it not for the pic the pictures that showed up in social media, I don't think people would have a clue. And and honestly, I gotta think a lot of people looked at those pictures and they thought it was a you know, scene from a movie because it look it looks that dramatic. I mean, when you think about it, 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 it they're they're saying over two miles of 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 cars. Debris field, yeah, debris field. <laughs> you know, two over two miles nonstop, and and you expect the cars, you expect that there will be a, a, a safety way of stopping those cars without... No, of course this was going to happen. This was the inevitable. And it'll happen, and, it'll happen again. And it has happened again. It happened like four times prior to that. Most recently, one in Ohio, another one, two in Michigan. Yeah, one since then. We, yeah, yeah, it was another train yeah. in Ohio. We've had a couple in Pennsylvania. One actually in... Um, between the New York Pennsylvania border, not far from here. Again, and these, yeah. these so we see them happening all the time. But depending on what they're carrying, yes, and and the level of derailment, you can have a situation. This might be the largest environmental disaster on land environmental disaster that the that the United States has has experienced. They're calling it America's Chernobyl. There you go. There you go. And was it preventable? Absolutely, it was preventable. And we, you know, and there have been people like myself, and I'm, I'm not, I'm certainly not the leader in this debate, but I think it's worth noting that it is a debate that I've engaged in, on bomb trains and and the dangers that they represent. Not only how dangerous the materials are in terms of um, toxicity, but in volatility. The thing about the Bach and crude um, uh, bomb trains is that they're explosive. They 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 have a, a lower flash point than 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 what most people would consider regular crude, I guess. So there, there's all of this stuff. And, and of course, there is no such thing as cleaning it up. I mean, how do you, clean, how do you take, remove that kind of you know, toxic material from the, from the land? I mean, what are you going to do, just leave a big crater there? I mean, I know they're going to use systems and they're going to, and, and they're going to use their financial products like their insurances and that kind of stuff and, you know, and to cover this thing all up. But at the end of the day, we won't know for decades how much health has been impacted by this thing. Well, 
it's just been reported by uh, Breakthrough News, not just been, but like two weeks ago, they were showing footage of 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 dead animals in a ten mile in you know on uh, on the opposite end of the river, drinking in that water, and they're all dead next to that ten miles worth of dead animals. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and 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 of course. I think there, there's been some offering to relocate some of the people, but only in a really small area surrounding or impacted by this thing. You know, certainly if you, you live more than a few miles away from this impact site, Ground Zero, you're not going to get put up in a hotel. So there, there are people, you know, and, and here's the thing. People have pets and they have, and, and you can't just say, okay, we're going to put you in a hotel for, you know, for six months while we clean this thing up or whatever they, they plan to do. And trust me, it, it is it is a huge inconvenience to be uh, to be removed from your home and and that's what these these people are facing but i wanted to i, I wanted to bring this thing up i mean i and i know there are other programs covering this stuff there's a lot of you know this is an environmental catastrophe but you know this is i just i, I this isn't about i told you so but it's about to say look we've had this conversation before and we're going to continue to have this conversation and you know for me from a native perspective, the concerns that I have is that these rails run through our territory, and and it's and it's it's insane because I've got to juxtapose the absolute free reign that the rail systems have to to haul anything they want through our territories, unfettered access to conduct their commerce through our territories, and yet we have to still fight the state over things like gaining revenue and about what we can do in our lands, and we're we're having tax battles over tobacco and we don't even know where the cannabis debates debate's going to lead us to but most of us are you know are buckling in for a bumpy road because we know that and this governor I got to tell you she's among the worst she's not one who is who is apt to um, uh, pass any state legislation that would negatively impact industry I mean she's proven that by by vetoing the the, the burial the unmarked burial sites uh, protection act she said, oh, that could be that'd be too costly for developers. So if it's if it's not going to support development, then she she vetoes it. She did the same thing with the um um uh unlawful death uh bill that went all the way through and she vetoed it. She, why? Because she didn't want industries that might be held somewhat accountable for wrongful death situations, like the shooting at the Tops Friendly Market. I always gotta put friendly in there. Tops Friendly Market in, in Buffalo. Because she doesn't want those people to be able to sue tops because they had um, didn't have a, a proper you know exits and 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 because of its clutter and that kind of stuff it made it too difficult for people to escape. So look, I, and I'm not saying tops is responsible, but it's like anything else. You know, if if you go through, I don't know if you know this, Reggie, but if you're driving a car and you have a flashing yellow light coming up, it's it's red the other direction, but it's yellow in your direction, mm-hmm. and you're approaching that caution light. If that if a car crosses into your path and you smash into that car, because it's a, there was a yellow light, you're going to be held somewhat responsible. It may only be fifteen or twenty percent responsible for that accident, even though it was your right of way and it was the other driver who crossed that lane. So look, if the auto industry can share in that, uh, can you know parse out some responsibility for some things like that, then you've got to understand that in any situation where people are dangerously impacted by being jammed into a small area that that they have to uh, they the then the, the the facilities has to be somewhat responsible for 
for, you know, for making it as safe as possible. But that, again, I say that because Kathy, Kathy Hochul vetoed that, uh, that bill as well. And, and she does it over and over again. She, she, she puts herself in a situation where she's going to protect industry. She's going to protect development at the cost of, uh, of human lives, at the cost of respect and, and honor and, and dignity, all that stuff. So, you know, and of course, being, again, being on the air in New York City allows me to, to make this kind of noise. Look, I, Reg, I don't know, do you recall me, uh, me causing quite a dust up because I was referring to the assembly leader as carrying water for <laughs> Kathy Hochul? Uh, How can I forget? Apparently her, her people heard that show. She literally called up the lobbyist for the Seneca Nation and said, I demand an apology. She wanted the, the Seneca Nation to apologize for something that I said, which is absurd. Of course, she's the one who literally told a delegation of Seneca leaders who came to her office and, and, and several other legislators to talk about what they're anticipating as, as being somewhat of a contentious uh, uh, negotiation for, for the new gaming compact that they have to enter into for 2024 or something like that. And when my friend, who, who was on council at the time, Ross, mentioned racism, she says, don't you dare. Don't you dare mention racism after what happened to my people in Buffalo. Well, I got to tell you, Crystal People of Stokes, I got a question who your people are. I mean, you're sitting in the assembly leader position, again, because of the powers that be in New York City, not because Western New York put you there. And you're carrying water for, for one of the more racist Democratic governors that the New York State has ever seen. So I'm not sure who your people are. I think Kathy Hochul is your people. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I make that kind of noise on this station, and it gets back to the, uh, it, it gets back to the, the people that I'm hoping it gets back to. And, and look, did it, does it change her behavior or does it just make her angry? Well, maybe a little of both. I, I, don't, I don't mind pissing a few people off along the way. But. Well, hey, you know what? That's how change happens. You know, exactly. the thing is, is that you have to agitate a little bit in order to get some progress happening here. Right. You know, and, you know, and speaking of that, I was just received a note from management to say that they are glad that you're on the air and they are willing, more than willing to accommodate and help you to make sure that, uh, I was going to say, let's talk because that was the name. That was That's the former podcast. name of yeah, the program. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that was the former name of the show. Resistance radio to continue to do the work that you have been doing for so long. And that comes from management. All right. Well, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. I appreciate that. Well, and, yeah. hey, on that note, um, I'm hoping, you know, we, we've gotten enough of the bugs out of the system. I know, no, not completely, because I listened to the previous show, and they were having some audio problems. But I would love to go back to taking calls. And we haven't done it in quite a while. We've had a few people join us by phone that sometimes has been hit or miss. But maybe, Reggie, maybe uh, coming up soon, we'll, we'll try to do a few talkback yeah, shows I, uh, I, you know, coming I, up. I think it's more than possible okay. for that to happen. We, it, we, we'll make it happen. All right. Well, again, we'll let me remind people that we need your support. I'm, I'm, glad get the, I'm happy to get the kudos from management, but, you know, those kudos from management aren't going to keep coming if you guys don't support the station and this program. So, again, the phone line is 212-209-2950. 212-209-2950, or go online to give2wbai.org. Um, make a donation in the, name of the, uh, in the name of the show, and I greatly appreciate it. I mean, uh, it all goes to, you know, to, to supporting the fine folks that make this station happen. Fine folks like Reggie, who doesn't get credit for sometimes being my <laughs> co-host, but uh, oftentimes I do rely. 
look, Reg, Reg, you and I have developed a relationship over the years. I mean, we didn't, oh, yeah. we didn't know oh, each yeah. other to start at all. You know, oh, and, yeah. And I don't know if you had that one eyebrow raised on purpose when I first started uh, doing the show in front of you, but <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> both your eyebrows are up and, and you're nodding and shaking your head with me. So, uh, Well, you know, the thing is, is that, it, you know, look, I, I'm always a proponent of... Uh, uh, malcontent behavior, you know, and, you know, shaking that apple brand, you know, shaking up the apple cart at times, you know, yeah. and I'm, I, I fully approve of that. And in any way possible, I can help enable that. Yeah. Well, of and, course. And, and you have. Absolutely. And you have. <laughs> All right. Let me, I want to talk, discuss one other issue uh, that I haven't talked about much. Um, I've talked a lot about the mascot issue, but as many of you know, I pushed my old high school to change its mascot. Their board voted to, to retire it, and then they ran a few people on the school board enough to, to change the, uh, the, you know, the, the majority of the, uh, of, the, of the board, and then they brought it back. I worked with a few families who, who actually filed what they call a 310 petition with the New York State Department of Education, uh, condemning the, the board's rescinding of that retirement resolution. And um, you know, calling their behavior arbitrary and capricious, and um, and, a, and a, an abuse of discretionary authority. And Dr. Betty Rosa, the the commissioner of education, agreed. And so this battle ensued, where Cambridge was being specific to specifically told that they need, needed to change their mascot. And that's when my big push came on to. Um, Betty Rosa and, and, the, and the commission, or the, uh, the Department of Education. I said, look, if you have the authority to tell one school to do this, you have the authority to tell them all. Little did I know that this was kind of Betty Rosa's strategy as well. You know, looking for a school that was going to make the arguments and then lose those arguments, not only in the hearings that she held, but even when they sued her uh, over her ruling in state Supreme Court, they lost again. And actually, they're, they're still trying to appeal. That, that Cambridge, New York is still trying to appeal um, she, they're not trying to appeal the ban, the statewide ban. They're trying to appeal the specific order against them, which is kind of moot at this point. But through all of that stuff, what I didn't expect was to get a call from Betty Rosa one day asking me if I'd be willing, um, or actually, I, I think I already expressed that I'd be willing, but, but confirming that, that she had every intention of putting me on what is called the NYSED, or New York State Education Department Indigenous Mascot Advisory Council. We had our first meeting last week. We have another one coming up uh, in, a, in a week. Um, and I'm one of maybe a dozen, uh, or half dozen or to a dozen other native people throughout the state. And we're being, we're being delegated some authority to scrutinize the arguments that some schools are going to make about either keeping a name or keeping an image and that kind of stuff. And I'll give you an example. There's, um, most, when I say, uh, say Watkins Glen, most people think about the racetrack down there because they've got, you know, they're famous for the racetrack. But, but Watkins Glen sits on the very bottom south end of Seneca Lake. And so the Watkins Glen School District for over 50 years has called themselves the Senecas. They even had this huge banner, Reggie. They had this huge banner they, they, they had draped across their, you know, the, their, their gymnasium that said, Welcome to the Seneca Nation. Now... <laughs> These are white folks, <laughs> okay? Let me, let me just say this right, right up front. These are white folks. These are not Senecas. Um, the Seneca Nation has, has actually raised the issue with these guys several times. Um, and a few years ago, they went to a board vote, and they voted that they were going to keep the name, but they were going to do away with all of the, the native reference. 
And so they wrote a letter to NYSED in the, in the wake of this ban that was issued last November and said, we, uh, we, we are keeping the name Senecas. We're calling ourselves, but we're not talking about the Seneca people. We're talking about the lake. Well, how, how does that work even <laughs> grammatically? How do you call yourselves Senecas, plural, and then say that you're referencing the lake? And their, and their logo is this, like, this artsy representation of like a wave or something like that. That's what their new logo is. But, but for 50 years, they've been running, they, they called their gymnasium the Seneca Nation for crying out loud. So, you know, obviously, um, the, the NYSED folks that we meet with during, when we do these meetings, we're not buying this. But they wanted to hear from us because they want to be able to defer to us when we say, nah, that's, that's BS. And, 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 of course, all of the people that are on this, this Indigenous Mascot Advisory Council, most of them are um, tribal... Um, officials or employees, chiefs in some cases, and then there's me. Me, I'm just a guy who makes a lot of noise. <laughs> and so I w I'm much more well-versed about what certain schools have done, not only throughout the state, but throughout the country. And I was familiar with the, uh, uh, I, I live in Seneca territory, so I knew what the Seneca Nation was, uh, was saying about what Watkins Glen was doing. So obviously I knew the situation and, and I was able to address it in a way uh, that Perhaps others on the on the council couldn't, but but they, they know that I'm telling the truth. I mean, so um, yeah. So this is an account. This is a council. Now, just some, just to be clear here, I'm not paid to be on this thing. I have not sold my soul to New York State or anything else. Uh, this to me it was the checks and balance. This is to make sure that, and, and I'm becoming more convinced every day that NYSED is not going to cave to the uh, to any of these schools. But now they've got an outlet, right? They can say, well. Let's hear what the native people have to say, and and because I'm you know a fairly loud voice in that in that group, and and I'm not the only one. I mean, we've got guys like Harry Wallace who's been on my show with me here. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, folks from Shinnecock and um, you know Mohawk territory, uh, Tuscarora, all people from all over. So, uh, and none of us are buying into this stuff. I mean, we're we're all taking this very seriously, and and it's funny because one of the things that Harry said when uh, during his. Um, Introduction. He says, "Look, I, I, I hadn't always thought the mascot issue was a big deal. You know, we've been fighting the state on taxes, and we're fighting for recognition. We're fighting for all this stuff all the time. But then I come to realize that it's all related. Because if you've got generation after generation that are attending these schools that are still promoting us as mere relics of the past, and 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 buying into this this, let me let me just say this. I say false stereotype. There's no such thing as a true stereotype." <laughs> Because once you've, you've taken a whole broad-based group of people, and, and even Native people have diverse mm -hmm. opinions about things, and then you say, and this is what they are. They're, they're, they're warriors. They're, they're aggressive. They're, they're, they're violent. They're, but they're noble, and they're this. You know, so you start you know, grabbing all the characteristics that you want for yourself, and then you, and then you attach it to these images. So these, these stereotypes are inaccurate, and some of them are damaging. Some of them are harmful, because if you're going to cast us as... as you know, as these violent people, because that suits your football team. Well, then what are you, what are you teaching these kids about who native, who and what native people are either that, or you're teaching that we just don't exist anymore. That's who we were. And we're is where we're going to leave them. And, you know, I, I, I've every politician, every law enforcement agent, every judge, every lawyer we've hired, we've got to educate them. We've got to go through this painstaking routine over and over and over again, because we have to overcome their ignorance about who we are. 
and words and, matter. And that stuff starts in school. So yeah, words so, matter. So Harry said, "Look, I realized that this stuff, and you know, and, and obviously it ties to things like." You know, the fetishizing of Native women as it relates to things like missing and murdered Indigenous women, you know, where we fit in on, on so many of the, you know, the educational scales. Because, look, these, these schools are not they're built for us. They're, they're built for, look, they're built to create conformity amongst all of the students. But you're taking a people who are insisting that, we're, that we are, that our autonomy still exists, that, that we aren't Americans necessarily. And... And, and you're trying to take all these round pegs and jam them through these square holes. And, and that's, you know, so, so that's the problem. But, you know, I did want to say that, that I am on this, this council with, with some very good, fee, very good people. And, um, and I look forward to addressing every one of the schools that are trying to figure out how they can manipulate the rules and this ban to get around it. Because for the most part, we're not having it. So, uh, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But I wanted to mention that too because that's that's kind of a recent, more of a recent development. Like I said, we just had our first meeting last week, but um, I I did want to bring that up, which brings me pretty close to the end of the show here. So let me just say this: um, as I Reggie and I've talked about through the program, I can't talk about how enough about how important it is for me to have a voice in both New York City and in, in Washington on WPFW. I can't I can't talk about how important it is because. Uh, enough about how important it is, because we know that we have impact. Not only do we manage to stir the pot or rock the apple cart, as Reggie says, you know, with, with folks like the governor and, and the, the assembly leader, but we're, we're also reaching you, the listener, and giving you new insight. Look, I know the first time I, I came on the air and I told people that Abraham Lincoln signed the, the execution order for the largest mass execution in the history of the United States and that it was 38 Dakotas that hung, that were hung, hanged the day after Christmas, which just so happened to be a week before he stands up to a podium announcing his Emancipation Proclamation. When I tell people that, they're like just... Jaw on the floor. That, yeah, that can't, that can't be. That's, that's impossible. And when you talk about, you know, the, the folks like... Um, Thomas Jefferson, look, everybody's still trying to somehow accommodate the fact that he had children with his slave, with, 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 with Sally Hemings, who he, who he owned. And, and here's something, Reggie, I don't know if you knew this or not, and, and, and people can check this out, but what, what I've learned recently was that Sally Hemings was actually the sister, half-sister, yep. of yes. Thomas yes. Jefferson's yes. wife. Yes, yes. So yes. he was like yes. following in his father-in-law's footsteps about yes. impregnating slaves, you know, uh, you know, for their own pleasure. I mean, and yet we're still gonna uh, <laughs> oh, look at that great carving on the side of that mountain with those four guys, you mm -hmm. know, and 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 look when I hear you know a Trump or anybody else or you know frankly even even a Mario Cuomo stand up and say, well, we can't just condemn, you know. Jefferson or Washington because they had slaves. Yes, we can. Yes, and, you can. And we can certainly condemn them for raping them. Yes, you can. And for producing more slaves with their slave. I mean, yeah, yes, it is condemnable. And, and it, we, should, we should not be seating these people in a place of honor. So this is the kind of stuff that when I tell this, to give this news on, you know, on, on WBAI, I know some people are like, what? That can't be right. And I'm going to tell you right now, I encourage everybody, if you ever hear me say something that sounds... Unbelievable. You've got a smartphone in front of you. You've got a computer in front of you. Check it out. Check it out and, yeah. and verify. And then, you know what? We're going to, like I said, I plan to go back to taking some phone calls. 
And I know I have a few people in <laughs> past history that call in and they want to call in and they want to argue. Oh, I'm, they're chomping at the bit. I'm ready for those arguments. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to. I, I remember when we were still broadcasting from up in, uh, um, uh, up on the hill there in the city, uh, CUNY, or what was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, city, uh, city, city College. City College, right. City College, right. Um, I remember <laughs> Michael G. was the one who was running the board, and somebody called in, and his, his first line, he says, well, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a white supremacist. <laughs> and, and I didn't hang up on him. No, I drew him out. I, I want to make these guys look as silly as they, as, as, they, as they really are, you know, as foolish as they really are. So we'll take the we'll, – you know, it's funny. When I first started doing the show that we called Talkback, the – Intent was that I would only stick on a certain topic, and I told right. uh, Mario right. Murillo, who was the, the program manager at the time, I said, "Now nah, we're gonna, I'm gonna take all callers. I can I can talk about anything." And Mario says, "Man, you sure can." <laughs> so, uh, so maybe we'll get back to that a little bit. So that might be might be some of the plan going forward. Yeah, that sounds, I, and I'm pretty sure that there are plenty of listeners out there that is ready to. For all and the good and the bad of it is ready to like talk to you. Let's engage about Let's do this, it. this and, and try to debunk. And I'm, you know, and I'm using similar to that recent uh, engagement you had with uh, somewhere in uh, Facebook that I saw. What I found hilarious about mascots and saying <laughs> that the use of mascots it should be, you know, the, trying to uh, uh, create the argument that, you know, we, sh we should have mascots that pertains to Native people. So because, it, you know, it, it makes white people feel embarrassed or something like that. This is weird. Yeah, yeah, some people have strange, strange. Yeah, well, and part of his argument was, you know, as long as we have the mascot issue out there, we can demonstrate the racism. And I said, well, you know, you don't try to keep racism so you yeah. can point to it. You're still, the whole argument here is to fight racism. So anyway. Lay off the pipe. <laughs> there, there we go. All right, Reggie. Hey, I want to thank you for, uh, for participating with me as always. Again, the, the, the pledge line is 212-209-2950. Uh, the website where you can donate is give2wbai.org. And look, I want to, I want to thank you guys for, for, uh, for, for hanging with me. And especially through some of the, what I struggled with over the last month. And, and I am getting better. Not quite there, but I'm getting better. So I'm John Kane, and this is Resistance Radio. Yahweh.